Man, I, need, I need another beer. Historic day in the history of stories inside the Man Cave podcast. Uh, it, to me, to us, it looks like the Brady Bunch. Six squares right here, full room. We are joined by some significant Longhorn ladies, three of which, all you need to know is their names are Rocky, Rachel, and Hannah. We even have a huge canine who I think is hidden right now. Coach Mo, Big Mike, how would you describe this day and having I, a room full of I would packing? describe them as Rocky Megan and Hannah. Yeah, you know. There Maybe you go. we could double up on not Rocky. Sure the, not sure who the fuck Rachel and Rocky are. I mean, I know they're the same person, but God <laughs> almighty. That's this all right. cool, man. We're all under one umbrella. Uh, yeah. We're all hanging out. Pretty so, right. so for those who don't know about the Fire the Cannon podcast, they're a UT podcast, University of Texas. So, ladies, we'll let you – we'll give you all the floor. What are you – hearing that news that, you know, now we're talking about shutting shit down again and there might not be football um what's your take on it safety first man i mean the big picture i know some people like to you know scoff at stats or pick the stats they like but at the end of the day we have some serious you know people getting sick and it's serious and i guess you have to weigh the consequences you know the risk versus the reward we all we all want football but there's a bigger picture you know? Yeah, I, I, my feelings on it, I think I'm just pissed that this didn't happen sooner. You know, had we done this right the first damn time around, we might not be dealing with this giant second wave that we've got coming through. So I feel like my immediate reaction is, yeah, this needs to happen. And my follow-up reaction is, God damn it, why didn't we do this sooner? <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, if we had taken, um, we had a little more, you know, we had a little more leadership, a little more direction to begin with. We wouldn't be going back and forth, open, not open, re rewind, fast forward, rewind. And now we're just kind of in no man's land and yeah. doesn't look good. Um, okay. So my, my take on it is I would rather them go ahead and call it off now. And then instead of starting a season and kind of getting like awkwardly two or three games into it, you know, maybe some teams aren't playing at all and then like call it quits. I think that would be just better overall. I don't want to repeat what happened to college baseball. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, so if they're going to do it, let's 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 just rip the Band-Aid off right now. Do you call it, Hannah? Do you call it and say, hey, we're just going to go to fall 2021? Every senior can stay. They want to stay. You know, maybe it helps some to improve their draft stock versus others who will be gone, like the right. Trevor Lawrences Trevor Lawrence. and Justin Fields and all these guys. Like, these guys are gone, gone. I think yeah. Fields would have one more year, but, I mean – do you or do you, are you up for spring football and then I mean, just throwing it all together? Yeah, that one, that one, I struggle with that one. You know, I I like the idea of yeah. pushing it back on the surface, right? Like a full season. My God, I mean, I've had LSU circled for years. Yeah. You know, seven, mm -hmm. eight years at this point. So getting there, like I've I've been to LSU against Bama at night, it's an incredible atmosphere. And I think it's something that college football needs that both of these programs would really benefit from and both, you know, truly Baton Rouge would benefit from. And I think it's an incredible experience, you know, so it kills me the idea of cutting a short season and just axing that game all together because we're scheduled so far out. Right. But you start looking at it well, then how do you schedule baseball and how do you compete with NBA going on in the spring and how do you compete? 
then you're getting into March Madness and you're getting into, you know, yep. I, I, there's yep. just so much in, in TV contracts, these multi And the NFL million. draft. Yeah, yeah, I just. It's a lot. Yeah. I'm not jealous of those. I do not envy CDC's job right now. I really don't. And, and I, you know, I, my, my, my gut feeling is I want a full season, especially this season, you know, and, and I think it makes sense with the NCAA saying, Hey, we're going to allow more scholarships. We're going to release the cap, let you guys kind of recoup and recover and let the players make their decisions. I love that idea, but man, I, I, I don't know how I would make the decision between, you know, going to, to important games in a football season and making it to Omaha, right? How do you, how do you balance that out? So, well, well right now I Go did ahead, that Robert. poll today because yeah. they're talking about if we do have a stadium, would it be 25%, 30% full, 50% full? I did a poll today and right now it's right about 50-50 of people who said they would go to a game this fall and then that they would not. It's not worth it. So there's half people out there anyway. So right. People who do want to go, but it's a risk. Yeah. It's a risk from the time you leave your house. To, uh, if there, you know, there's probably not going to be any tailgating if there is a game. The procedures, what they're going to have to do to get people into the stadium. Are they going to temperature check everybody? Are they going to make us leave a seat between people? Like, how do you manage that? Half the time that temperature thing's off anyway. We went to a oh, funeral. It's ridiculous. She had a hundred and three temperature and she's like, uh what? And they're like, Oh, never mind, the battery's probably low. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Yeah. You just walked about oh, hundred and ten degrees. And my daughter's cheer, they do temp checks. Well, she's not going, she hasn't been for a few weeks because we're keeping her home, but they started with temp checks and like eight kids in a row were ninety seven point eight, ninety seven point eight, and they're like, Oh, sorry, this is not set right. And they had to yeah, go with yeah. you. And meanwhile, the kids are already running around the gym. Well, this is the deal. This is what I have trouble with. I'm not worried about the big institutions. They're going to survive. UT mm -hmm. survived, Texas A&M survived, but your smaller schools like your Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston State, those are going to be the schools that's going to need like almost like a bailout to recover. Right. They oh. count on that football True. money. The paycheck, alumni, yeah. Like they count on that stuff. Well, look yeah. what happened to Boise State. They brought back their baseball program. A year uh, later, killing it. 40 years ago. And then, yeah, they, they canceled it this year. Yeah. And we're going to see that trend, unfortunately. Now, let me ask the ladies this. And, and obviously, Coach Mo and Big Mike, we've discussed this quite a bit. And it's, it's reality. Would you, guys, would you ladies prefer, let's say, we're going to talk about Texas, uh, a Big 12 season only or – protect the overall health of college football and just go full on 12 game schedule, bowl games and a playoff in the spring. I'll say I care more about the health of the players and athletes and staff and trainers. And I would rather if, if the conference, um, cause we kind of talked about this in our podcast, if the conference has their established guidelines, their established, you know, cleanliness, safety precautions, the things that they're doing and the things that you know are being with controlled and funded within your conference. And you can at least mitigate some of that risk. It's, of course, there's always the risk there, but if you can control or at least have some effort to know what risks are being handled within your conference, I'd rather us, I'd rather they try to play our conference so that we get some safer kind of games than have crisscrossing and not knowing what one team is doing to prevent or protect and what, I don't know. It just, <laughs> there's, there's no win here. There's no, yeah. I struggle with that a little bit because the big 12s especially is such a weird conference, right? 
you're talking about traveling, you know, we've got teams that are coming in from Iowa, the team that'll be coming in from West Virginia. I mean, Texas isn't, the state of Texas isn't exactly the safest place right now. You know, so to me, if you're talking about protecting player health and protecting, you know, coaches and staff, I don't know that bringing people in from 1400 miles away is, is living up to that. So if you're talking about a conference that it's a small geographical location, you've got a few teams, you know, in a small area, it makes a little more sense. I think that kind of goes out the door with the big 12, you know, again, you're talking a ton of travel. Texas is supposed to be in the state of Kansas twice this year for, for Kansas and K state. I mean, that's, that's a lot of traveling. So I don't know. I, I think again, on the surface, I love the idea of protecting everybody. And, and to me, when you're looking at a conference that's as large as the big 12 and spans such a huge area, if you're really talking safety, it's got to be pushed back. You've got to talk a, a full season that's pushed back. Has anybody, yeah. go ahead, Hannah. I, I was just going to say, like, as a Texas fan, and knowing how many, like, returning starters we have coming back and all of that stuff, and, like, this is Sammy's senior season. I want the full season, you know. So it's hard to say, like, I, and again, we talked about this on our podcast. Like, if you do just conference only, then how do you figure out a playoff? Like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, if you don't know how people stack up against each other. You lose key matchups like Texas and LSU and what Ohio State and Oregon, I believe, play also this year. Yeah. So you're losing all that. So how do you even, well, and some conferences might do it differently. How do you, how, how do you match that up and do a postseason? Like, I, I, I don't know. I would rather see it push back and have a full season than kind of limp our way through it. So not have that asterisk next to the season. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So how, what do you do with scholarships? You know, like, so baseball, they said, all right, everybody can come back and then they're going to figure it all out. Do you think that the NCAA is going to grant an additional 25 scholarships? Or, I mean, you're going to be rolling. No. With... Well, the schools have got to pay for it. I mean, Mo, you play college yeah. football. You think no, the, no, it's not going to happen. Right. It's not going to so happen. Those schools are not going to pay. Well, first of all, they're going to probably bank on the fact that those high-profile players, the seniors and juniors, that have a shot of going to the league. They're not going to play. Yeah. So that's loosening up scholarships right there for them right there. So that's what they're going to be banking on. Hopefully some of those players will opt to not play come the season because it's affecting their chances of getting drafted. So – I guarantee you. Some of them need to be... play a full season to get drafted, though. Like, well, that's I mean, true. Some of these kids don't even need to play at all to get no. drafted. But that's yeah. still very like, few. That's still very few. But, like, like, like go ahead. It, it, I was going to say, like, if Sam goes into 2020 and has, a, like, a badass season, that could make him, you know, possibly go from, like, a round five or six to, like, round one or two. See, that's what I thought. I thought good. five to like good. round two or three. Agree. Yeah, yeah. So he needs the benefit of the full season. Versus like a Trevor Lawrence, Trevor so Lawrence who's yeah. number one overall. Exactly. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this is this is the caveat to that though. So he needs that season. If he plays in the spring, if they think about pushing it back, you're almost working. He's not even getting the recovery time. He's going right. straight into draft. You know, three four weeks, and he's in OTAs. But does so, a guy like but does a guy like Sam Ellinger play in the spring or as a senior thinking, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try and be the next true breeze type of guy. Do I go pro? What do you Man, think? Man, I don't know if, 
if we're talking Sammy, I think he stays. His heart's at Texas. Oh, I, and, and, yeah. I mean, he he's – yeah, and he's different than I would say 90% of the players out there. But he's he's been a Longhorn for life since day one. I You know, yeah. I think he wants to finish his well. story – yeah, with his story yeah, with his father, he'd want to see this through. Yeah. That's the impression I get. Now, of course, you get those guys in your ear and you say, hey, you're going to go this round and you're going to make this much money. That's a hard thing to turn down, too. So, you know, yeah. none of us can predict that. But Kellen Mon go pro? Mo? Who? <laughs> Kellen Mon. What, Mo? <laughs> Me? I'll tell you what. You know, the school, you know what UT is going to do? UT is notorious for this. They'll do this. They will take care of Sam if he does play. They will make sure he has an insurance or they will make sure once he graduates, he will have a job lined up for him in the system somewhere. Mm -hmm. Guarantee it. Without a doubt. Yeah. Here's the deal with Sam, and I'm sure I'm in the minority of thinking this, but, yes, great college player, has a high ceiling. He can accomplish a lot this year. But I don't see him as a high-round draft pick. I just don't see it. I mean, it's, uh, there's been plenty of great college quarterbacks, even one the Heisman, who are not, you know, high prospects in the NFL. I just don't see him as one. I'm not saying he won't have an NFL career. I just don't see it. And I agree with all of you. Well, he can play. Yeah, but what we're saying is like a twenty, a, a solid agreed. Right now, you would think he's like a, a fifth to seventh round pick. We all right. we're all right. in agreement to that. What well, what the ladies are saying and what Hannah was saying is he would benefit from a twenty twenty season or like Megan said, coming back for twenty twenty one because if he has an amazing season, it that could catapult him yeah up and then continually through the draft process. It's um, possible versus, versus what you've seen. The first three years, which we had Todd Dodge on, he told you, sporadic, sporadic, great. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'm in agreement with the ladies. Like, I think if a, a solid 2020 season, if, hard quotes, if we have one, right. catapults him up to. Yeah. Some of these well, other better quarterbacks. But. And, and an offseason with Yersich could do that. Yeah, that's, that's exactly yeah. That's a great point. See, for yeah. those of you who are just not sure about who these incredibly uh, well-versed women on Longhorn football and Longhorn sports, uh, well, just if these – follow them on Twitter, at Rocky Knows Best, ask, uh, at – how do you say it? Hafro? Zero Hafro. It rhymes Afro, with Afro. It rhymes with Afro. And then add Texas Pants Boots. These women know Texas sports more than most men. I will say that. They're in a class of their own. Let's just say that. And though it's very entertaining. And, and they hold Thank you. Very much so. Right, so first time, um, first time you met, Rocky, Hannah, and Megan, Sean. Mo, oh, I know you probably haven't met them. You're not really. I have not. Yeah, you're missing out, man. No, I know. Out. I know. <laughs> First time you met. I'll tell you mine, and then you can think about yours. Hannah, I don't know if I met you, and if I did, it's probably to tell you. You haven't. I was probably pretty fucking drunk at that point. I apologize. That uh, never happens, Mike. That never first, happens. <laughs> don't you judge me. Uh, <laughs> first time I met Rocky was we were doing something like horn, something with horn sports over there at Black Sheep Lodge and all of a sudden this little girl maybe like you know 10 11 was like you want me to help sell and I'm like uh I'm sell some hats I was like you probably want to ask your mom though like I don't want to get you in trouble or anything and that was the first time I met Rocky because she was there with her husband 
Megan, I met at the baseball field, and we just got shitty drunk. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> no, no, Megan. No, perfect angel over here. I, don't know. Just, I, don't know. Yeah, I, I was like, I know that hair. You know what? This is really sad. I, I, I followed you guys. Because of first of for what three or four years now to uh, from afar, and then I think the podcast. I think uh, it's funny. As soon as I left Cave View, I got I was more connected with people like you. I mean, with everybody, I was a real with person. Finally, people, is that what you're saying? Uh, with us little people. <laughs> no, no, like you. <laughs> you got out of his celebrity role. I got out. Uh, <laughs> I started becoming a real person, and I started getting to know everyone and. I met your dog, Megan, several yeah. times. I, 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 will, I will tell you, my dogs and my car are far more friendly and famous than I am, and will ever be. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Megan, tell us about your car, because I know everyone will probably remember your car. It's memorable. Yeah, it, it's the, yeah the car gets recognized uh, quite a bit now. It's a, yeah, 79 Thunderbird. His name is Clyde. For those Clyde. that are wondering, Clyde uh, Wilson, Clyde. available for wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you glad with Clyde, man? You glad with Clyde? Uh, yeah, it's it's actually the vehicle that uh, Matthew McConaughey drove on College Game Day in front of. That a girl. Great segue. Great yeah. segue. You As a it? person that owns a local hat company and would love to give Matthew McConaughey a hat, did you get his contact info? Super smooth. No, I didn't, yes, but I do yeah. have I do have a connection with him. Yes. So we can, we can hit that, you know. I make no promises, man, but hey, really I cool guy. I just need opportunities. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell you about my wife. Yeah. I love it. I love I've it. gotta know none of Coach Mo, Big Mike, and I have yet to really talk about this since it's been recent and I will we can't wait to hear what each of you ladies have to say, but come on. What just happened on the UT campus a few days ago, last week? When because when this drops, this will be Whoa. the historic proportions of events which occurred on the UT campus. Were you not just prideful? Hang on, see hang on first. Hang on, I'm gonna cut you off real quick. First, let's get Mo's take on it, yeah. and then we'll oscillate. There you go. <laughs> on everything well, that was handed down, Coach Mo. Everything this, was addressed. Well, I'm going to be straight up real about this because the Eyes of Texas song, I guarantee 90% of the people that were singing that song have no idea what the hell the song mean, mean or its original, you know, where it came from. So I don't think the song should be taken away. Uh, we can circle back and go to the monuments and all of that, you know. Look, we have a tainted image in our history. It's who we are. All right, let's take that stuff and put it in the museum. That's what historical shit is supposed to be anyway, is in a museum. So put it in a museum. But here nor there, I never had any, if I see a Confederate statue, I'm like, oh shit, all right, Robert E. Lee, there it is, boom. But my experiences compared to others before me is quite different. So the way I see it, I can say, oh yeah, that has some racial undertone to it, but it really doesn't affect me that much. It may affect my ancestors, but it doesn't affect me. But that's just how I am. I'm kind of outside the box when it comes to certain things like this. So yes, our, our American history has a past, just like any other country. 
if we just talk about this shit, put it out in the open, and not let it be so taboo, this shit won't be as crazy as it is, as it is today. What do you think? So that's my two cents. What do you think of them changing the field from Joe Jamil Field to the Campbell Williams Field? See I ya. never played on the. I never played on the field, so I don't have no kind of ties <laughs> to it whatsoever. We played on it one family. time. One time, yeah, you're right. Jamil's family did give. They're the one that brought it up. Right. Yeah. The Jamil family are the ones. His son yeah. offered, yeah. wanted to change the name. Yeah, I mean, I th I think that's a huge step, and I, for me, I I felt a huge sense of pride. You know, I I agree. I think you know, even from the get go, when the players put in their requests. I won't call them demands because I never saw them that way. I saw it as here are requests. And, and to me, I always saw the eyes of Texas as a, bargain, a bargaining chip, right? You're talking about, hey, we've got this long list of things. No, no smart negotiator. And, and let's be honest, these kids didn't come in here without any kind of guidance or without talking to people. This was well thought out, well planned. Yeah. Nobody's going to come in and just put all their chips on the table, right? You're going you're gonna to have some things you're willing to give and take on. So I always saw the eyes – and again, I'll, I'll be the first to say I wasn't aware of a lot of the history and it, yeah. and it does change my perception. But again, I don't think the intent as we use the eyes of Texas now has ever been malicious or, or exactly. ever, ever, ever been based in those. It, it, the intent has not been racist. So, right. but I, but I do understand the player's point of view and I don't think it's something that we should be forcing them to sing. So that being said, keeping the eyes of Texas aside, Man, I thought it was huge that we see, you know, Texas had set the precedent in 2017 of removing some statues, Lee was one of them, from campus uh, in the six-pack. So, so that precedent was already there, but I think that's a great follow-up, and it really shows that the administration wasn't just paying lip service. You know, having the buildings change, the name change, putting it again, they take down the statues and put them in the Blanton or put them in the Ransom Center in a museum where people can observe them as part of history. I think that makes total sense. I, I really feel like this was an impactful and meaningful change. And I'm proud as hell to be a Longhorn with these changes. Yeah. And, and seeing UT lead the way really makes me proud. I think the time frame too was really, really cool. Um, they were really progressive. Like the players, you know, they've said, they've been encouraged to speak their mind and, and, and get out there and be independent thinkers and, and fight for what they believe. And then the turnaround, it's been what, four weeks, which is pretty yeah. phenomenal. For, so that big announcement on Monday, and they listed all these things, and this is from the university, officially, like, that was pretty quick and pretty, pretty cool that they were able to expedite this and do things efficiently as well. But, I mean, yeah, echoing what you said, Megan, like, I'm, I'm super proud to be, like, a Longhorn. It's, yeah. it's good times. Yeah. Well, the so Whittier my, statue. Yeah. I think the Whittier statue is incredible and long overdue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, my understanding, like the, you talked about the eyes of Texas. You know, I grew up in Austin. I went to Texas. And I, I as I, the years I got to understand a little bit of the meaning, and I kind of knew there were racial undertones, and I had that understanding. Um, of course, we've been educated to the depths now of how deep that those ties are. My understanding, though, is that, we made it our own you know we, we lots of times people take something that's been used against them and you and flip, flip it, it and you turn it and you yeah. own it and you you define the meaning of it now you define what what it means to live up to those words and they talked about that in their release the, the eyes of texas we're going to own acknowledge and teach about the eyes Boom. of texas so there, there it is. is this is their 
a statement, right? We're going to own, acknowledge, and teach. And that's what you, you ask for. And when you take something that, like you said, we're, this country is built on division and, and the racism. Mm -hmm. That was a foundation. But when you take that and you flip it and you own it and you educate and you give new meaning to things, then mm -hmm. it can be unifying and it can be a new symbolism. But I completely understand when someone takes that education and says, I don't want to be a part of that. You're, that's your choice. I, I stand by you. If I, if I put my horns up and sing it, it's because it's unifying to me. If I don't put my horns up and I stay quiet and let you sing, that's because it's not, you know, I have respect for whoever, however people choose. But I felt like over our lifetime, even though I knew the beginnings of it, not the depths now, but I knew they had some of that. I still felt like we gave it a new meaning. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you know what's really cool about this story. It, it uh, you, uh, Megan, you said how quickly, how brisk of a situation they moved quickly to get this to happen. A friend of mine, Jimmy Saxton, uh, from Westlake, former Longhorn himself. He and Todd Hunt, who was a defensive tackle in the late '80s, early '90s. Those two, Jimmy called Todd and said, "We need something." For Julius Whittier. It's long overdue, should have done, been done 10, 15 years ago. He said from the time that he and Todd spoke, they went to CDC, and he called Earl Campbell, they got together. All of that started with one phone call, and it was uh, Jay Harzel, <clears throat> the uh, interim president, got it done within a week, and then contacted a tag. Yeah, can we just ditch that interim tag and, and say that he's our president? A program in the country who has acted the way and responded the way Texas has toward this yeah. subject matter. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, actually right embedded. Side. And it's yeah. at the risk of, well, they say, you know, the potential risk of ticket holders or donors and pissing off old people who are stuck in old ways or whatever. You, you have to do it at the risk of those people because those people aren't the future. These students are the future. Exactly. And you got, so Mo, what do you, talking about this, you played at A&M. Mm -hmm. Everything now, flip, flip the side, you got people defending statues and pissed yeah. off Ross. about other statues. Like, yeah. what? So what, Ross. <laughs> what's your i mean you you went there you know like more of the back we don't ever go down there so we don't fucking know what goes on in the <laughs> you've been to the cow pasture give your give your yeah, thoughts I've been and, there. Uh, everything else on that you know it's it's a part of the history of the school man like you know athletes we go there we go there to play ball we go there to, to get an education and you know while you're there you get hooked into the culture of aggie land and yeah, I remember seeing, you know, statues there, but like I said, like to me, it was irrelevant because I didn't pay attention to it. My mind was focused on playing ball and getting education. So I knew it had some, you know, some racial undertones there. But like I said, I never personally experienced anyone at the campus coming at me at an aggressive way racially. So therefore I had no experience with it. I get like, we can go back like to the seventies. Maybe those guys had some issues because it was in your face as a matter of fact. But as time grew, granted, I can safely say this, that we are not in the fifties or sixties. Yes, we're going through our issues now, but we have progressed. We have gotten further along when it comes to racism in this country, but we still have some issues that's laying there lurking that's trying to rise their heads up. But 
you know, granted, thank goodness for UT. This is one of the first times I say congratulations to UT of making a quick <laughs> response. And my Aggies are failing big time. Uh, but they're going to figure out a solution. You know, just put that shit in a museum, man, where it's supposed to be. Put all of it there. Confederate flag, all of it. Put that shit in a museum. That's where it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's history. I, I feel like the thing that's been most poignant to me is the juxtaposition, right? If, if you yeah. put... I agree wholeheartedly. It doesn't matter what school you go to across the nation. There are going to be some issues. It's just the issues. foundation yeah. that we're built on. It's, I get that. And I, I don't yeah. automatically hold that against the school. No question. Mm -hmm. I think the issue that I, I see when you put those next to each other, when you're talking about the University of Texas and Texas A&M, which are the two leading programs in UT, I feel like that's just not an arguable in point, Texas. right? Those are the two right. big schools that compete um, just seeing how vocal and how supportive the Texas administration has been compared to how relatively silent the A&M administration oh, yeah. has been, me, that, that's the thing that speaks volumes, right? That's, yeah. I feel like they're kind of leaving their student athletes out on an island to defend for themselves. I, that's where I, I look at it and go, damn, we might have had some growing pains, but I'm proud that Texas stepped up and the administration stepped up in the way it did. And I would hope for Aggies and I would hope for the state of Texas that other schools could follow that lead and be decisive mm -hmm. and, and, and step up and take those uncomfortable steps. Right. And, and yeah. put it out there. So, yeah. so Mo, you made a, you made a statement where you were like, we're not in the 50s, 60s, 70s, but it seems like the guys that grew up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s are the ones that are down there. Well, shit. Absolutely. They're the you know, ones there. That, that, they're, yeah. they're definitely the ones there, but, but that goes to tell you. So UT, you guys have a system where the football and the students are all one and the same. At AM, athletes do they thing, students do they thing. It's two different worlds at AM, and they don't intermingle. It's two different worlds. When you go to AM, you're going there solely for your athlete, you are a straight athlete. You are not mixing with the regular student population. So, so that's why you yeah. see that at AM. You don't hang Do you out think that's a benefit or like a detriment? <laughs> that is a detriment. Say. That is a detriment to the okay. system. It's gotcha. a detriment to the system because that was never like when I was there, the one time that the student population and the athletes came together was when the bonfire fell. That was the right. only time that I've only seen that happen. Since then, no, not at all. Well, you saw the video of the guy that guy from the 50s, 60s, 70s, we all saw it. it was like, are you Aggie or are you Blackie? And I'm yeah. the fact <laughs> that the living real. shit out of them right now, I'm like, I'm <laughs> he didn't facial expression at all. If I had been there, I just would have yeah. knocked that old fucker out. I wouldn't have given a shit. <laughs> well, yeah. see, that's the deal, bro. When you're dealing with ignorance, you just got to look at it because ignorance will make you be ignorant and then there you go. You the one locked and up. And you can't tell who's the stupid one. And you can't tell. You can't hear it one. That's, that's how I feel about that's how I feel about Twitter fights. I know sometimes like <laughs> it's so easy to get sucked in when people it's say easy. something just dumb or mean or just to be cruel. And I'm like, no, I can't fight with these people because you when people click in, they can't tell which one of us is the stupid one. Exactly. So, no, let me just walk away. Let me walk away. Hey, Mike, you go ahead and tell them. Maybe you ladies saw it. Uh, Coach Mo and I, we're aware of it. I saw it firsthand, couldn't believe it. And we're not talking about someone growing, having grown up in the 50s or 60s. The guy who went after uh, the, uh, what was it, Carrington and said, 
quit worrying mm. about these issues you just coached. Mike, you, you oh, had the interaction with them. I mean, oh, did I you like this? Yeah, I, I jumped in so on that guy. What he did, he, he did grow up in the 50s, 60s, or 70s. Did he? he definitely. He's so <laughs> Megan, Megan saw it. Here's, and here's my deal, and I'm not going to get too much into it. The guy apologized to me, and I wish he would just apologize to coach and then apologize to Mark. Because the things that happen that pissed me off were one, how dare you tell someone who has uh, an opinion, much less like a, a bigger tie to it than I do, because you know, coach is black. Don't tell him just to coach because that's his job. Because you feel like it's his job. Fuck you, you ignorant piece of shit. <laughs> and then yeah, okay, Larry in accounting. How about you shut up and do accounting? How does that sound? Yeah. I know. Yeah, the same people who can tell you why the quarterbacks stink on Saturday. Like, why don't you just yeah. go back and, and check those bills? You know, Bob, like, nobody's asking, checking yeah. over your yeah, his name's not Bob. His name's Brent. And I won't say his last name. It is what it is. Oh, but he then, goes around on a lot of people's stuff. And I know he does. He's a fucking he's just mean. So, and that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. He's a that's fucking troll. That's the thing. And then Mark Pena, our, all of our friend Mark Pena, friend of the program, said, man, I'm sad about sports. And this guy was like, oh, yeah. It's a fucking joke. First of all, motherfucker, I've tried to kill myself growing up once or twice. I did it. I put an effort into it. It's not a fucking joke for people. And then when Mark was like, is it a joke? He's like, it actually it is a joke. I have a radio station. We say it all the time. If you really blah, 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 but you need to get a sense of humor. No, motherfucker. It was Don't say funny. No, it's not funny. I'm sorry I'm getting heated right now. Stupid. And him and I just went in this fucking two-day battle. At the very end of it, he was when I... Backtracked. Yeah, he said something. I was like, dude, I make... I think he said, like, I hope you pay everybody. Because I went on his fucking radio station site in Victoria, Texas, <laughs> and saw that he was like, oh, some of our sponsors are affiliated with us, and some actually don't want to be affiliated with us. What? the fuck are you talking about bro oh i hope you i hope you, you pay people no motherfucker i make every hat and then he was like oh well i'll apologize and we'd love to sponsor you and how can we share your shit no i'm good bro <laughs> <laughs> wow no thing just saying like i don't understand it's the same thing on twitter you twitter fucking trolls it's like going the guy that went after y'all's podcast fuck that motherfucker I, you know i had already had him blocked oh, because God. he's one of those guys that's just mean you know like some people ha hate themselves so much that all they yep. can do is hide behind social Misery. media and be mean at people and be mean at women like i know yeah. for me everybody's different but i know in my experience the only people that tell me you shouldn't write about that or you why does that offend you or blah 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 is like old men yeah like, of course why, old yeah, men? No, why no. do they think Jump it's their up. job Please. to tell me what I can write about on yeah, my no. social media. You, you want to know why, Rachel? Because they're intimidated by you. So yeah. the intimidation appears. Oh, I know. Yeah, they, they, they gotta jump on it. It's but because you know, I'm more educated than they are. And it they don't goes like deeper it. than that. It goes deeper so, than that. Hannah, I just want people. to jump in the bit. You yeah, actually just... have people who believe women should still stay in their lane, so to speak. You actually have men. Who believe yeah, that? Sports is my that. lame bitch. No, I'm just saying there's two things. The first one is because I've been told, like, especially since the whole like George Floyd thing happened, I started I've always made a point to not be overly like political on Twitter. And then it just started coming out. Like I'm like, I don't care. Like I, I just don't effing care anymore. And like I got 
I, I lost a lot of followers, like something like two percent. It was ridiculous. And I actually got this asshole said, "Well, you know, I, I really, really love your sports takes." But so basically, you want to put me in a box, so I'm not allowed to have an opinion on anything else. Like I'm, you know, right. kind of like Carrington, although on a much smaller scale. I'm just saying. <laughs> And then my other rule, like I have two rules when it comes to Twitter. And one of them is like, I do not do like cheap shots. I do not do personal insults. I just don't do that because in my mind, like that is an automatic forfeit. Like if you can't come back with anything educated and anything like substantial, then you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like that's <laughs> pretty much it. And so, um, so I've gotten called out. I've gotten called every derogatory name in the book because I'm a woman who does love sports, football especially. And so I, I think a lot of guys, and I'm just saying in general, a lot of guys don't like the fact that they're being shown up by a woman That's just or that they have nothing to say back to a woman and so they automatically like will call you like oh well you have no life oh my god like how sad are you that you spend all your time on twitter tweeting about texas football and i'm like you when spend all your time reading my tweets about sports <laughs> yeah what is he doing reading yeah he spends all his time reading my tweets okay and so I'll always retweet and blow that guy up. I am always that person. And I'm not like the most like quote, feminist girl out there, but I'm going to call your bluff and I'm going to publicly expose you because that's bullshit. Like, why shouldn't I be able to talk about football? That's actually how Hannah and I, you want. Yeah, that's how Hannah and I became friends. We, we <laughs> followed each other in the Twitter Sorry, you're the Aggie. <laughs> so there, there was a, a guy that was just coming hard after Hannah for no reason other than she was a woman with an opinion on sports, right? And yeah. and at some point I was like, this is ridiculous, and jumped in and shut his ass down. And and it was one of those guys. You, we all know the Twitter trolls. They they yeah. spew ridiculous opinions. They come with non sequitur arguments and straw man arguments. I mean, this guy was all over the board. And as soon as I jumped in and, and shut him down, Hannah literally messaged me and she was like, I don't know who you are, but you're cool as shit and we're good to go. <laughs> she, and I mean, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was just out of left field. And unfortunately, you know, I think that's something that we, I don't think any woman that enjoys sports and is into it has not experienced that. We've all yeah. had those issues with men that are insecure about things. Mm -hmm. And it's always a, oh, well, Oh, so you like sports? Cool. So who won the World Series and who had three home runs <laughs> in 1963? Uh, you know, like, man, I don't have shit to prove to you. <laughs> like, show up. Let's just let's just hang out. Let's let's enjoy our teams and yeah. go from there. And I tell you, I, you what, know. most most men though, most men love to talk sports, even with women. They respect, they appreciate, they are like, come on, let's talk. Like the most most men are not the insecure trolls. They That's are right. just cool dudes yeah. who don't yeah. mind talking yeah. football. And Absolutely. you know, our listeners on our podcast, right? We just, uh, Megan just did a little check. Most of them are men. Like they want to hear our opinions too. And we appreciate that. You can check if their listeners are men on a phone. You didn't Technology. know? You didn't know? We got analytics <laughs> on your ass. We know how old you are. We know where you live. Get your shit together, Sean. What the fuck? Dude, all of ours are on. Hey, we have a ton on Apple Watch. 
Oh, oh. Tracy, so listening to the watch over here. Like, hey, but do you have do you have listeners in Europe and France, all over Europe? France, Spain. Oh, sure. You have a listener in France. We will soon. We will soon. I know. I know that my brother-in-law. Shows that guy. There he goes with the little people again. For the stats in 1948 in Guam. We will soon. We storm the beaches. <laughs> hey, let's no, take man. a quick break, refresh. But on this other side of this break, we have an interview with who should be a future NFL Hall of Famer. He owns the best hands to ever play running back in the NFL, statistically speaking. Larry Sinners. Interview with him up next. Hey everybody, Mike here with Last Stand Hats. If you're looking for a custom order, maybe you're just looking to get five hats, ten hats, reach out. Custom hats made for you. You'll love them. Coach Mo loves them. He's got his wake your ass up hats. Reach out to us. Give us a shout. You can reach us at Mike at laststandhats.com or our director of sales, Vinny at laststandhats.com, V-I-N-N-Y at laststandhats.com. Welcome back to episode 27 of Stories Inside the Man Cave. And a man who owns perhaps the most reliable hands in NFL history of by a running back, that is, the Larry Sinners, pride of Longview and Tatum, Texas. Welcome to Stories Inside the Man Cave, Mr. The Larry Sinners. Gentlemen, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Excited to have you here. Absolutely. Now, Welcome inside the Man Cave. Yes, sir. Hey, a, a backstory hey. for those just tuning in, listening to this uh, interview. Just a reminder, the Larry Sinners, three-time Pro Bowler in the NFL, lengthy career, and has the record of the most receptions by a running back in. NFL history with 827 receptions. Guys, I, I, that's the only question that I know how to start with is how do you keep those hands in such great condition day to day? Um, hey, man, look, you know, back then it was uh, one catch at a time. Simple as that, you know. Uh, you got to break it down to its simplest compound and uh, do the best you can with every given opportunity. And I, I like to think that I did that throughout throughout the entire entirety of my career. What's the uh, – so let me go and ask you this. So you, you see the game now and how it's evolved. Where would you be – what do you think? Like, do you think your game – how would your game fit into, in today's football? I would, prob I would probably be illegal in, the, in today's game. Yeah? You know, um, <laughs> yeah, I would prob probably be illegal. You know, as far as, um, you know, you can't hit anybody – you can't do this, you can't do that, but you can do this. I mean, there's a lot of restrictions placed on the game now than, it, than there were when I was a player. And, yeah. um, you know, it's a physical game. And sometimes you, you have to will that physicality just so that you can create other opportunities for yourself in terms of executing the, uh, the plays or, or the task at hand in any given play. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. So what – I know you have had a few games in the Piney Wood Classic playing them Bearcats out of Huntsville. How was it playing, uh, playing Sam Houston back in the day? Well, um, first of all, it sounds like you have an emotional stake in this question. <laughs> and, uh, and Absolutely. Got him. Got him. <laughs> uh, what? 
I'm just, hey, I'm just, I'm just listening to the questions. Hey, it sounds like you have an emotional state in this. Uh, it was only fun when we won. <laughs> Absolutely. Simply that. But you guys were tough. Y'all had uh, always brought us, you know, you always brought uh, um, quite a bit of emotion to the game because, you know, of course, that was the Battle of the Piney Woods and, and we were you guys uh, across the across the woods rival, Piney Woods rival. So, you know, it was always exciting. Um, when I was a younger player, you guys were, um, you were a lot tougher. You know, when we got, when we got, when I got to be a junior and a senior, uh, I think you had lost some of your key cogs and some of your key guys and uh, you got as, as tough to handle, but you always put up a good fight either way. Now, what, they, what they were talking about, the Battle of the Piney Woods, a lot of people may not be aware of it. Uh, Stephen F. Austin and Sam Houston, uh, one of the biggest rivalries in college football at that level, one of the better rivalries uh, in the state of Texas. Uh, Larry played for Stephen F. Austin, actually played for a national title. Now, one thing that many schools don't have that they can claim as an NFL Hall of Famer, what have you heard about you being inducted and as far as becoming a Hall of Fame class member? Sean, I really don't spend a lot of time worrying about it. I don't, I don't, think, it's, uh, I don't think it serves a uh, productive purpose at this point. You know, as my coaches used to say along the way, along my career, the hay is in the barn. You know, I've done the work. Um, the numbers don't lie. Film doesn't lie. You know, um, you know, the people who vote on it, you know, maybe they're missing something. You know, I certainly believe that I've, uh, I've done enough to uh, gain the respect to be, to be considered a Hall of Fame. I've been nominated every year that I've been eligible. Um, you know, people keep the, the word I hear on the street is, uh, you know, keep waiting, your time is going to come. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I like to believe that I, I did the work. I like to believe that my, my teammates and not just my teammates, but the players that I played against throughout my career would give me the nod if, if they had an opportunity to vote. And that's what matters the most. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so Larry, who's your favorite player to watch now? Uh, like what running back you like watching in the current game today? There are there are several, and uh, that's a that's an excellent question because I do watch players more so now in retirement than I watch teams. I watch mm -hmm. uh, individual performances. I, I completely understand that. You know, as a player in the National Football League, you can only control so much. There's so many other moving parts for your success. So as a result, I look at players who play the game at a high level. I like Alvin Kamara. Of course, you know, Tom Brady is one of my favorites of all time. I had an opportunity to play with him. Um, I look at, um, let me see, some defensive guys. I like Jamal Adams. I like his intensity and his passion that he brings to the game. Um, there are several. Uh, I I get an opportunity to, to see the Cowboys more because I live here in the uh, DFW area, and I liked uh, Byron Jones before his departure. Um, just different guys, Sean Lee. I like the way he's uh, he's a battle tank. You know, he gets hurt, but he's banged up, and he's constantly charging forward. You know, and there the list goes on and on and on. There's a lot of guys out there that I like. Jadavian Clowney is a guy who plays with a reckless abandon that I think is is reminiscent of of the time that I played back in the day. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, of course. I get a chance to watch the Cardinals because that's my, that's why I started my career, obviously. And uh, I, I've watched his career, and I, what I appreciate about him is not only his, his uh, production on the field, 
but his approach off the field as well. So that I can go on and on about that, but there are several players that I whose game I appreciate. Speaking of speaking of tanks, Larry, do you remember that one specific hit where somebody hit you and you were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like that, I just got ran over by a tank, or or maybe yeah. you hitting someone and them coming up to you being like, "God Almighty!" Yeah. Well, you know, back when I played, it was a much more physical game. You know, it was a little bit right. more allowed by physicality. And uh, but to answer your first question, there was a hit I took in uh, Washington back in ORFK where. Uh, Wilbur Marshall and Brad Edwards hit me at the same time. I was trying oh. to split them to get the few extra yards, and and I didn't quite make it in the gap. And uh, they hit me simultaneously and pushed me, you know, hit me in the other direction. That's probably the hardest hit that I can remember. God bless, Larry. You uh, you spent the majority of your career with the Cardinals organization, you know, Arizona, and and you know they switched cities. But uh, you're you're, I guess people some label you as Mr. Cardinal. Mr. Reliable, when you look back at your entire career, you know, Cardinals, Redskins, the Bills, then you finished it with the Patriots, and you won that, that Super Bowl championship ring with the Patriots, played with uh, Tom Brady. And I remember that Super Bowl week, and I specifically, that week for you was extra special because I, I remember asking Coach Belichick at media day, I think it was in Houston, and, you know, he doesn't say much to media members, but when I brought your name up, I will never forget this. He, he gave that thought he, that looked like he's thinking, and he gave you the ultimate compliment as being the ultimate player, team player, could always be relied upon. I mean, when you hear a guy like Bill Belichick and who he is now, a coach, when, when coaches speak of you as a player, does that mean anything more than what we're reading into it? No, it doesn't. It means, um, to, to go back to one of your earlier questions, that is my Hall of Fame. That's my Hall of Fame. When the people who actually get in the trenches with you, the people who, who you go to battle with, when they can say those complimentary things to, about you and about your consistency and your approach to the game, your professionalism, that means much more to me than, than the sports writers who are task with trying to figure out who, who does and does not belong into the hall. So, so you know, a guy like Bill Belichick, whose uh, credentials are uh, indisputable, then that I was motivated to continue to play the game. That's awesome. So, so Larry, what's one of your um, things that you miss the most about playing the game? Is it the camaraderie amongst in the locker room? Is it just, you know, running the routes and, 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 and practice? What's some of the things that you miss the most about the game? You mean besides the checks? Bes besides the checks, besides, man. Besides, uh, the, besides, checks. The, besides the money checks? <laughs> besides the checks. Uh, let's see. Let's take the checks out of the equation. Uh, of course, I miss the competition. And, and I'll say this, and this will probably be, probably be part of the course if you ask anybody. The camaraderie that you build with guys that you go to work with every day is something that you cannot replicate in the real world. Golf kind of is kind of like that, but you can't replicate that out here in the, you know in, in society. You know, you go to battle with these guys every day, and and you're willing to protect their back. They're willing to protect your back. You know, and we're all fighting for the same goal, and that builds that in itself builds bonds that are that that last a lifetime. That's super cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a question from Mo. 
when when you left the game, how hard was it to to shut off and say, okay, this is the next phase of my life, or did you did it take a couple of years to be like, okay, instead of like getting ready, like body, I'm training mode ready, yeah. that type of stuff. Well, I've I've been asked this question a lot, not here lately, but uh, right when I finished retiring, I think I was asked quite a few times. Um, you know, um, I had the benefit of having a, a long a longer career than most. And um, with that being said, I, I kind of had the opportunity to kind of wrap my, my mind around the fact that I can't do this. Whole, but um, I had the benefit of, of playing for a long time. So I got my mind around it prior to retirement. And so I knew it was coming and I had a chance to prepare myself. But um, to, to, to get down to the, to nail down to the nitty gritty of the answer of your question is, um, there's, a, there's definitely a transition. You know, there's so much energy every year since I was in, you know, I don't know, way back that every year around July, I go to training camp. And so I got antsy around that time of year. There's a bunch of energy. There's a bunch of energy that I was used to exerting. And I don't really have anywhere to channel that energy. So, so that, that transition, that mental, emotional transition um, it's, it's not always easy. It leaves a void there. But uh, I like to think I've done well. I try to keep myself busy, and I think that's the key to trying to uh, get past the rough spots is keeping your mind occupied, finding something you like to do, and, uh, and immersing yourself into that so that, so that the time will pass and you'll, uh, you'll transition smoothly. That's awesome. Hey, Larry, you, you, talk, you said staying busy. You're somewhat oh, – you are an entrepreneur – the Larry Center's group. I mean, how? Give us some details about the big umbrella of your industry, your business, uh, corporation, well, if you will. It's kind of NDA. If I get <laughs> uh, information, I understand. I own a hat company. I know about them NDAs. I'm with you, my man. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we're. Uh, I worked. You know, I started out even while I was still playing. I started uh, dibbling, dabbling, and uh, investing in real estate, and I uh, own a few homes and some properties now trying to uh, expand in that department trying to figure it out you know and um, i'm just trying to keep i want to be diversified so that i don't put all my eggs in one basket you know of course we all understand now we live in a uh, rapidly changing environment yeah. and so i want to try to have all my all my uh, my bases covered and i want to make sure beyond anything else that i can continue to buy groceries yeah exactly <laughs> Me and you and me both, man. I think I put on probably 30 pounds during COVID. It ain't good. It's funny you mentioned that. My my wife and I just, are just, just closed on a condo today uh, here in Austin. We went out and bought a, an investment property, our first one. Um, how exciting is it to, to own – Is it a, be honest with me. Is it more of a headache or is it no. – is it exciting? I'm not going to be honest with you. I'm going to keep lying to you. I'm not going to start being honest now. Okay. No, no. Is it a headache? It's a headache. It's a headache worth having. Yeah. Good to know. I'll tell my wife that. She Larry, I, I, Larry, I like seeing your shrine behind you, man. I like seeing all those jerseys. Hey, man, like you your hey, man look, I earned those. I earned those, guys. Yeah, you did, brother. Absolutely, you did. Hey, where's that SFA jersey? In the back. You know, I don't have one yet. I don't have one yet. I don't have one yet. Let me see. I got I got Tim Brown, Jim Brown, nice. Larry Bird, Nikhil oh O'Neal, Earl Campbell, 
Larry Sears, how do you might have forgot about him? Uh, Daryl Green, mm. uh, Muhammad Ali. Nice. Uh, I got a bunch of them. I got Dion somewhere, Bruce Smith. You know, I got a nice. I want to start with my quarterbacks here soon. Yeah. I play with a lot of them. Nice. Speaking of, would you say, is it right for people to say? That's I mean, cool. So many people agree, but I got to hear your comment, your uh, opinion on it. Tom Brady, the official GOAT of quarterbacks? Um, that's a simple answer because the numbers don't lie to, to, to one of my earlier comments. You know, you can, you can, you know, it doesn't have to look pretty. It doesn't have to sound pretty. But the numbers never lie and the film never lies. And consistency yeah. is, is key. Is key. And so to answer your question in simple yes or no terms, yes. Do you do you do you want your record to be broken? Or do no. you want to hold on to it for a while? Do you? No, do you? No, do you? I just asked you. I like Larry. Larry, Larry I like Spooky. him. I like him. I'm I like just curious because there's some of those, you know, you see some of these. You asked me a question. Yeah. yeah. I, I respect it. I respect it. Hey, man, I, look, I look, I, I, I completely understand that records are, are there for, as a benchmark and they are there to, 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 to uh, create a, a standard for somebody to try to achieve. And I won't be crushed or destroyed if somebody breaks my record, if and when somebody breaks my record. But, uh, but I, um, I, I find great appreciation in the fact that it's lasted for, for such a long time, especially as the game continues to evolve into a, a passing game and a much less physical game. But uh, like I said, I'll congratulate anybody who's able to do that because I, more than anybody else, know that, that how much work is involved in getting there. That's, uh, yeah, that's, it's very, it's really impressive that it's like how the game's transitioned from when you were playing to how it is now. Like that's a that's a really cool record that still holds. I got to be honest with you. I don't I'm not think lying it's gonna to be you. Broken. I don't think it's going to be broken. Well, Running backs, are, you know, some of them are catching the ball a lot. Unless you play for the Patriots and Tom Brady throwing you the ball, that's the only way them running backs gonna get that ball. Hell, most of them are running back. Hey man, now. look. Well, you know, there's a lot of different, like you said, a lot of different moving parts, factors, changes, you know, things are moving. We never know where it's going to settle down. But, yeah. um, you know, I, don't, I think that it'll be tough to break the record simply because, because um, as you mentioned, it's more of a running back by committee and even skill player by committee. Yeah, you know, it's true. It's becoming more of, a, more of a game. And one person can, can't, as we've seen in the past, it, it's not conducive to success for one person to to be the the um, the focal point, you know. Because if 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 that one person is the focal point, if you can stop that one person, then what else does the team have to fall back on? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the truth. You know, Larry. I always Bob Stoops always was one of those guys. He when asked who his most valuable player is on the team, he consistently said whoever was playing at fullback. I mean, do you think – I know now the, the game has evolved to H-backs, you know, offsets. Uh, do you think the value still is on the fullback position? Or will it ever go well, back? I think, well, I think Stoops' perspective was probably skewed because of the system that he, that he ran and he relied, relied upon. But, uh, but, I, but I, I like the way – I like the, 
good compliment for the position because the position is a point man. Your point man is usually, you know, you can ensure contact on almost every play at the fullback spot. I was I was very fortunate to be in systems that allowed me to do what I do well. Um, of course, I had to do some of the dirty work, but um, you know the the ISO, the knee draws, and things like that. In most in most cases, I was um, outweighed, and so I had to incorporate different little techniques that helped me get the job done. But uh, but all in all, um, fullback can be a very instrumental point on the field. You know you especially when you get to get a, a pullback in a system where he has to be accounted for. Now look yeah. at Kyle use checks and uh, in San Francisco. I really, really appreciate the way that they, they use him in the system. And uh, to Bob Stoops point in a system like that, a pullback is a very instrumental uh, part of your success. Before we wrap up, I think that we're all thinking it and because we're always curious because of the situation, the era we're in with COVID-19 um, a lot of players have spoken whether or not they would prefer to play with the season. As an NFL, a, a valued member of the NFL Alumni Association, if this was occurring while you were playing, what would be your opinion? Do you go on with hey man, I'm showing up. Listen, listen. Football, I love, first of all, I love the game of football. It is a part of who I am and who, who I've become as a man you know, and has a lot of parallels to life. In football, one thing we understand is that any given game, we may not come off the field. There's going to be an inherited um, sense of risk, um, assumed amount of risk, if you will, going stepping onto the field. You know, we're going to go into here, into this game with a 53-man active roster, but we may not bring 53 men back off this field. So, there's, so that being said, you know, this this um, pandemic is just, you know, another element, another risk, if you will. I know I'm not suggesting that, you know, people be careless or anything like that. Uh, and I ask me yes or no questions, and I'm getting back to that. And it's a risk every time. It's a jungle out there, you know. Only the strong will survive in football anyway. And so if we get some people that get sick, hey, let's get them well and get them back on the field. Just like a hamstring, just like a knee, just like an ankle. And I, like I said, I'm not suggesting that you be insensitive to what's going on around you. Or by, by no means am I suggesting that you be reckless with your family's health. But, uh, but I think that you, you have to forge through and beyond the problems because, you know, that's, that's, that's just football. Yeah, that's a, that's a interesting. Well said. Well, well said. Very well said. Yeah, Larry Sinners, it has been a pleasure, and thank you for carving out uh, twenty twenty five minute window of your day, man. It's a great perspective, and you know all I can say to you is, "Ax some jacks, baby." Oh, hey, ax some jacks. <laughs> ax some jacks. So you know what? The Bearcats. Hey, the Bearcats. They're gonna get it right someday. Yeah, but, we gonna uh, get it right, Larry. We we gonna get it right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but thank you guys for inviting me to the uh, to the to conversations in Man Cave. Really enjoyed you guys' conversation today. Yeah, That's thanks true, for man. joining, man. It's Take pleasure. care, man. Hey, thanks, Larry. We appreciate you, and we will wrap up episode 27 on the other side of this break. To all of you high school and college seniors who 
just graduated or are walking the stage in the near future, our hat's off to you because you are experiencing a time which no one ever has, at least to my knowledge or our knowledge here at Stories Inside the Man Cave. So to those of you who are listening to this podcast, if you know of a high school senior or a college senior, give them all the appreciation, high fives, virtual hugs, hugs, whatever it is. Show them some love because they're dealing with the moment which they look forward to and they look forward to celebrate it, but they didn't get the opportunity. So give these graduates some love and some hugs. And from all of us here at Stories Inside the Man Cave, we're proud of you. Great interview with the great Larry Sinners, but I wish you all could hear all the one-liners that we had during the break with uh, three best ladies slash friends, Longhorn fans that anyone could ever have. Rocky, Rachel, Anna. Follow them on Twitter. Rocky knows best. What the fuck are you doing? It's Rocky, Megan. It's Rocky, Megan, and Hannah, bro. Rocky and Rachel are the same person. Oh, 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 so the ladies tell me about your twitter tell us about the your social media following your your twitter handle you guys have had some interesting conversations just amongst the three of you alone that is fair to say very very broad question um (laughs) (laughs) tell us about twitter hannah Um, yeah explain twitter in an elevator pitch go you only have 30 seconds (laughs) no we actually we've made a lot of really good friends we've connected with different fans of fans from all over the world that love texas and want to talk texas and want to be you know share what they know behind the scenes help you know ask what we know and just have a good time and not take it hopefully too seriously just have some fun talking before during and after every single texas related event yeah, it cracks me up. You know, everybody talks about what a cesspool Twitter is, but honestly, the three of us met on Twitter. Yeah, we became close friends on Twitter. We've we've got a close group of uh, girlfriends that are all massive Texas fans, and it's yeah. all we we call ourselves the Texas Twitter queens, right, girls? We're queens. Uh, just because yeah. it's right. we 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 met each other. We hang with queens. Yeah, it's. I think the great thing about about that is that uh, about Twitter is that. You know, Facebook is a bunch of people you know talking about shit you don't really care about. Where <laughs> Twitter is more uh, you know, yeah. people you don't know talking about shit that you do care about. So you you can find some commonalities, and we've been we've been really fortunate to have some some really great interactions and a couple of not so great interactions with folks. But you know, we're but it's we're just always entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. You got to have fun um, with it. Yeah, I think with Twitter, like it's very niche oriented like and that's what people that kind of come in from Facebook like and switching over to Twitter they don't understand that and so they try to tell you about like their day or they tell you about you know we're just random stuff and Twitter's not like that in fact like I started I've had Twitter since like 2009 like so forever but I didn't really get into it until about a year and a half ago when I really started going there for like breaking news when it came to UT sports 
because I wanted to talk about pe- talk about it with people that knew what they were talking about, that wanted to talk about it. And so I kind of like got, got in the groove. And so, yeah, I, I think what's been, and I have to say this, what's been the coolest thing about it is not just meeting fellow Texas fans. It's also meeting other fans from even rival teams. Like some mm-hmm. of my favorite follows are Sooners. Shocking, I know. And then I even have like Booner, a- Sooner. Hey, uh, yeah, I, calm it down. I mean, That's your dirty fucking Coach Bo, you're welcome. No, there's some there's some cool Aggies out there, believe it or not. There are. There are. There's a few. Like, I think Handful. just the community, it's kind of like what you, you remember Yahoo chat rooms like back ass in the day? I remember, <laughs> I remember cool. AOL chat rooms. I don't know. Yeah. How, yeah. I had AOL chat rooms. Like when you sign on. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of become the new, like, I don't know, like, almost like town center, the, like, the, the park, central park, where you just meet and you talk about shit, and I don't know, it's a very, very fun and interesting thing, but yeah, I'm very, very grateful for our Texas Twitter community, and I think that's, yeah, why we are able to do what we're doing right now, so. Yeah, I get it. Like, black Twitter is totally a thing, right? I feel like Texas Twitter is totally a thing, too. There what, is the, just, what is, what is black Twitter? Really? Black Twitter? You've never put out the bat call for black Twitter? What? You're missing an opportunity. Do you know Moe doesn't know what it is, and then I don't, I don't know. know what it is. All right, look. I feel like black Twitter. School me! Listen, no, the oh, white girl here should not be telling you and defining black Twitter. That is not my yeah. place. I'm just saying. Okay. So it's not the black market. It's actually like African-American Twitter. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was like a black market. You can buy some shit. I thought it was too. I thought, shit, what don't I know about? What do you got on there? Listen, when I first started shaving my head and started shaving like weird things into the side of it and designs and stuff, oh, I had yeah. a ton of friends that were like, yo, you need to put a call out to black Twitter to find the best barber to, to throw in solid designs in your hair. You it's like, am I allowed to do that? Shit. Am I allowed? Like, why couldn't if you did? Yeah. Why can't you just throw it out on Twitter? Why does it have to be? Because <laughs> white people don't put in proper designs in here. I'm just well, calling point. it. I, mean, I, I, do I agree with that. That, that is black folk shit. And I used to do that shit too in college. So yeah, I follow you now. I'm with I love you. that I'm he sure. said in college and saying. Megan's like, well, I do it in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. I, I'm a great I'm a grown segue. Ass with the shaved head. Whatever. It is what it is. A great segue. Rocky. <laughs> You're married, so we don't have to bring you into this. But okay, this is we have a we have a recurring segment with Tinder time with Sean. But now Sean is off the market, maybe. Uh, yeah. Sean's getting down on one knee. Oh my god. Oh my god. Right now. 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 Right Let's talk to the time. How is and Hannah? No, you can kind of chime in too. Give me dating life twenty twenty. The worst. There, that's it. Done. It's the worst. Like no. (laughs) Thank you. Megan actually said the other day that dating in Austin is the actual worst. (laughs) Dating in Austin. Before COVID was terrible because it's just a bunch of fucking man children out there. Absolutely. 
Yeah, it's just a much of man children. I have been stood up more times in the Girl. last week, right? In the last what? Year than like. Get your shit together, Sean. 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 Sean, get the people's get eyebrow right now. In the last week. Yeah. Man. How do you know uh, like, how do you stand, stand up her booty. Open. Get your hand up here. All right. So, so what? What dating apps are are the cool apps now, ladies? Yo, I am the wrong person to ask about that. <laughs> Listen, I get people that hit on me on Twitter, and I'm like, "Oh, honey, that's because you can't see me." But oh, come on, no. you're no. a no, I'm good. Listen, hey, you have a cool personality. Come on, please. Yeah, I know. My personality is fucking sparkling. I get it. Come on, <laughs> it is sparkling. What are you born? The thing that I will argue all day long is that I, like, I've never, even before the COVID stuff, I've never done well with online dating anything. I'm too blunt and I don't present well online because I'm too much of a smart ass. Yeah, dude, you get it. Like you put on this persona and you have this thing and that's just not my thing. I'm like, Yo, I've got great Danes and Longhorns and I go to football games and I don't really give a shit if you come along or not, but this Dream is- girl. I'd be like, you know? damn, she's sexy. Yeah. Red, oh, yo, yeah. shit. I'm you like, mean, we can I go to the football game and, and then like, ride your longhorn home. You, know, <laughs> you would think. You would think. But when is it that comes a euphemism? To- is that a euphemism? <laughs> it is absolutely a thousand percent a euphemism. When, when it comes down to it, though, guys are like, oh, girl, you go to football games? And I'm like, yeah, I go to all of them, like home and away. They're like, oh, that's badass. And then when it gets like halfway through the season, they're like, uh, so they can't keep what up. Are we doing? And I'm like, well, we- I'm gonna be in Kansas. I don't know what you're doing, but I've got a game to go to. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure I told you this from the get My game. room to the LSU game. Last yes. Year. So right. Yeah. Oh, we did too for the game that's canceled. We did too. Yeah. yeah. That's the impending canceled game. Yeah, still make a drive to New Orleans. Hey, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go to Nola, baby. What you talking about? So I'm saying last night. Of watching the replay of the 1997 Texas OU game, and she's oh my god, that's bomb. Can y'all not find nothing else to watch? Still watch some old ass UT game. You you girls, don't be mad because you don't have AM games. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you wish you had a station playing your old games. I do, that's why y'all left. That's why y'all failed. Oh, wait, hold on. Fun fact about the Longhorn Network, and and Coach Mo, I think you'll be interested in this. Fun fact, ESPN actually approached both the University of Texas and Texas A&M at once and wanted it to be a joint network between the two. A&M. A&M is the one that said, fuck that. We're tired of being in the shadow. We want no part of it. A&M turned it down thinking that them saying no would kill the deal, and ESPN was like, Cool. You're not really the ones we were worried about anyway. Texas. Motherfuckers. God, man. With the $200 million later. Facts are facts. And look, yes, we can all admit the LHN got off to a rough damn start. Hey, hang on now. Shout out to our friend Kevin Dunn and and our our friend James Slater. Big fans. Big fans. All right. No, I love LHN. I I give props to LHN like almost every day, especially all access. Like come on, volleyball. So, uh, the only thing I was going to say is, like, I think the, the three of us could definitely talk about the dudes that try to sneak into your DMs. Ooh, give us some stories. 
Anna. Please. I feel like Anna. Juicy. Anna, I feel like Anna's got like, Are you on dating apps, Anna? I'm married, by the way. Are you married? Well, fuck, I you're out. I don't want to talk about Tinder time anymore. <laughs> but so, I don't know that. <laughs> Damn, hands there are, always, y'all, don't let her fool you as I put you my finger. You have DM access? <laughs> no, but Pinkies there are up. still plenty of dudes that try to sneak into your DMs. And you've got, like, the awkward, okay, I can probably categorize them. There's, like, the awkward, like, oh, I'm just going to be, like, really, really, like, like, I'm going to blunder my way through this guy. And then there's the guy that's a little too smooth. And it's like, oh, ooh, I think you're hot. Then there's dick pic. Just oh, no. You got a dick pic on Twitter? No. Yes. No. Oh, True story. I call I've gotten people. them. I've gotten them. Yeah. I've gotten them on every platform. Facebook. Hell I've gotten no. it on, back in the day when it was chat rooms. I've gotten it on Twitter. Like, guys have no shame. And Megan, there's something about you. It's a real thing. Look, guys are blind to this. Every woman who has ever been in a dating atmosphere online, even if it's not dating related, every woman has a dick pic story. And And let me tell you, if you feel the need to send an unsolicited dick pic to a woman, honey, it ain't that impressive. It ain't that impressive. And by the way, by the way, you're most likely the not, not going to get a picture in return. You're going to get a big fat block in return. Just saying. (laughs) Well, as as the running joke is, I'm all balls, no dick, so I don't send any dick. Pictures. Damn. My wife, you you just you just my wife, you just you you hung low like a cow, all balls. Huh? Oh, that is. Damn. My wife hates that joke. She's That's like, not true. And I'm like, I know it's not true, but it's just funny to say. It, it's all potatoes, no meat, man. You gotta, oh, you gotta oh, work on your yeah. protein. I'm writing yeah. every one of these one-liners. Oh, potatoes, no it's that keto. Hey, I don't want to make this it's weird. Keto. It is so not keto. It is anti-keto. Like, keto can do some funky keto. stuff to the down parts, let me tell you. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying, everybody's held a Coke can before. We're all on the same page. Everybody's held <laughs> yeah. a Coke can. I've had tuna cans. Let's be honest. I don't want to tuna cans. That's too big. Not great. (laughs) It's rough out here for a single girl. It's like porn. She's like, oh, tuna can. No, I don't want (laughs) to. I'm saying it's rough out here. Get it together. Is this a good? Is this a good time to bring up Fletcher's coming to Austin? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) let's bring up the weenie dogs. That's it. Yes. (laughs) That's the only kind of. Picks, I want to see. I want to see your I am on no, a mission. Look, no, no, no. Cover that shit in mustard all day long. Talking about, give me some special sauce. Mustard on your corn dog? Uh, yeah. Listen, Rocky and I what have this conversation. She is not a corn dog person. She is not a mustard person. But I stand by this. Through this is a hill I again will happily die on. The only appropriate condiment for for corn dogs is a mustard. Is mustard or like give me some spicy ass pickle relish. Like uh, either way. Ooh, See, mustard. Megan, uh, that's pickle what I'm bash, talking Megan. about. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Rocky's over here like gagging on her corn dog. She's gagging on her corn dog. How many times have we heard that? Yeah. Why don't you tell us? I don't know. You jumped in real quick. <laughs> to be fair, Rocky doesn't like, right, let's start. 
Let's start rapid fire, Sean. You start it off. All, All right, right, ladies, each of you, give me your best Tom Herman impersonation. Oh, my God. Tommy Lau. <laughs> Let's see. Remember what you said? Anki Lau. Anki Lau. Okay, I've got I've to say, well, I'm real proud of my guys, and uh, winning's hard. Win winning's real hard. Uh, it's, it's the game that you play, and uh, there's no such thing as momentum. And winning's hard because winning is hard. So. That sounds about right. <laughs> All right, Hannah, you got to follow that up. Don't fuck this up. Well, um, you know, when you play at a tough conference like the Big 12, like winning, again, I can't do anything that and Rocky haven't already done. But, um, you know, you have to go 1-0. We try to psych our, our guys up like every week. We don't talk about the week after that. It's all about this week. We're going to go 1-0 this week. Damn, you sound like it. Shit. Oh, we're not, oh, so we're not looking, we're so not looking to OU. You. Like, we're not looking to OU until it's Monday, the, the week <laughs> of Oklahoma. It's we're, we, we're going 1-0 right now. That's the only thing we're focused on. And if you ask me about, like, anything else happening in the league, I don't know because we're focused on what we've got on our plate right now this week. <laughs> Pretty oh, damn good. That's solid. Hi, ladies. We're done. I wasn't prepared uh, for that, y'all. All right, ladies. Uh, give me your favorite restaurant. I don't need, like, explanations of what you get or how long. This is rapid fire. We don't need to go for a minute. Um, looking at you, Megan. Just reel Happy it line. in. Barbecue. Favorite, God dang. Just hang on. All right, cool. She's out. Uh, favorite restaurant and favorite place to go get a cocktail in Austin? Mine is Shady Grove, and it's gone. So oh. I don't have anything left. So therefore, you don't have one. You need to come up with a new one. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm in mourning still. Favorite cocktail, Megan? So sad. Uh, as far as cocktails go and not breweries, I'd say Midnight Cowboy because that shit's sneaky to get into and has mm -hmm. delicious options. Hannah. It has delicious what? Options. 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 Okay, Rocky's going to barf, literally. Literally when I say this, but I really, I'm a fan of Matt's. Yeah. Well, Love Matt's El Rancho. Rocky, here's the deal. Rocky, anyway, give me your second part. What's your favorite place for a cocktail? Like, I love a good margarita. Well, okay, so maybe Trudy's. I don't know. I like those staple Austin, uh, Austin places. Dude, okay, you know where I haven't been? Okay, so I moved away, and then I moved back to the Austin area about a year ago. I have not yet been to Baby A's. And who remembers the purples at Baby A's? Fuck oh, off. Uh, yeah. You're not supposed to, to remember purples. Never before. been to Baby A's? Who's not been to Baby A's? You said you haven't been to Baby A's? I have been. I oh, haven't been since awesome. I've been back. I haven't been like, for, for drinks, you should go to Texkin Cafe because they do the flight of flavored margaritas. Um, so you can mm -hmm. get you get four or five ounce margaritas on a little wooden pallet, and it's a flight, and you pick all your flavors. So cucumber, <coughs> mango, raspberry, strawberry, all the flavors, jalapeno, like all of them. And go you to, pick go, 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 to leeches, go to Leeches on East 6th Street, get you a pitcher of margaritas, sit there and just get fucking drunk as shit. Wow. Then you walk <laughs> over to Whistler's on E6, get your nice little cocktail. And then when you're done, then when you're done, you want like, here's the deal about Matzo Ransom real quick. Cheap Mexican food. And like they try to make it bougie, but it's shitty food, but you go for the atmosphere and the drinks. You don't go for the food, Rocky. No, you go for the patio. Okay, so actually, I, I re, I, I'm going to take back what I said. I, I'm going to go with bangers. 
Oh. Bangers is good for bangers. I'm going to go with bangers. That's my favorite. That's my favorite place to get a cocktail. I'm going to go with bangers. All right, Mo, you're up. Rapid fire. What you got? Enchiladas y mas for my margaritas. Enchiladas yeah. y mas. Dude, I love it. Are they to gone now, too? They're coming they're back. They're coming back, but they're coming they came back. back. They're coming back, yeah. The niece yes, and nephew bought it. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yep. And you know what? This may come as odd, but my favorite place to go to to eat is Dirty's in UT Campus. Okay. Oh, the burgers? Best fucking burgers I've ever had. Greasy. And I love it. Clog up your artery type forever, burger. Yeah. Coach, nice. Coach, yeah. Coach Mo, Speaking of burgers, can Coach I say Mo, I something? I thought you were going to ask them an actual question. Not tell me no, I mean. wanted to get in on the action. Shit. <laughs> okay. right. I'm going to say something that it probably shouldn't ever be said by any sort of Texan in general. You tell me in and out burgers good? Kick no. this broad off the oh, yeah. <laughs> I, no I am not a fan of Whataburger. Uh, get out! Get out! What? I will die on this hill. You're wrong, Hannah. I'm you're dying. Wrong. I no. I no. Hannah. Fight me. I'm dying Hannah. on this. I will fight you. Know you know why? You know why? Because they're Please inconsistent. Please tell me. Where'd you if what? Water no. burger, Where are you if, going? Which one are you going to? Yeah, you're going. Um, to a lot of them. They're inconsistent. You find. I live in Mainer, and that shit is consistent as good one. You Mainer. You, Where are you? What okay. are you ordering? What are you ordering? I order a, a lot of shit. At That's your problem. I try to get That's it. your fucking no. problem. Yeah, you <laughs> should order one. <laughs> okay. Get another one. Every time. Every time. Yeah. Every time. 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 What are you talking about? Like, most people are like, are they, they've like segregated against half of humanity. Don't be like oh, Chick-fil-A. I won't give Chick-fil-A Secondly, my money. The Chick-fil-A is consistent. Secondly, they got good their chicken sandwiches. Their product sandwiches. is nah. good. Their money, their money, look where their money goes. Yeah. Popeyes yeah. over Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Don't get my money. Any day. Yeah. I, yeah. Popeyes. I, I like yeah. Sean. Sean and Coach Mo are both silent over here. They're like, well, Chick-fil-A is yeah. pretty bad. It's because you're so wrong. I, yeah, I eat Chick-fil-A shit. I, I don't know oh, where the money's going. Don't say I don't know where that money's going, but that lemonade shit. Oh, damn. exactly. Dude, their product is consistent. You're not eating. Hang on. Hang on. Listen, if you want lemonade fast, go to Bush's Chicken or go to Raising Cane's. Even Popeye's has good lemonade. Stop. You're literally comparing apples to oranges, though. Chicken to fucking burgers. Yeah, it's not I'm not talking about chicken burgers i'm talking about consistency in your product right listen yeah honey butter chicken biscuit and i had one the other day it's so yes honey but i went butter chicken biscuits make your soul one again like that can solve the world's problem you had told me like in and out burger versus water burger i'd have been like all right like in and out, okay. Well, oh, okay. God, then I'll go there. In and out is a lot more consistent when yeah. it comes to quality of their product. No, who, they what are. Bad, who hurt you? Who hurt you? No, someone hurt Hannah. Which I have high standards. Who's the motherfucker that did it? And we'll I have it. high standards. <laughs> I like the fact that I can watch them at at, at In and Out. Like 
taking these whole potatoes and slicing them and then dressing okay no you get you fire. think you're better than the system that's what it is you're like i like that. i get to watch all this i'm now about to block you anything. you're about to be blocked so we have <laughs> an announcement uh, fire the cannon about all that Anna just wants her shit a certain way and if you don't make it that way she's done with you i'm dying on this hill whataburger is overrated there you go with a mute her Hot, you, we will end it on a hot take. Episode 27. Now, this is how we do this. This is how we end our episodes, ladies. But first and foremost, we love you all. We appreciate you. You guys have delivered the fire today. And it is – is, we can't wait to come on your podcast. Hey, hey it's We need to set happening. that up. We'll set Dude, that up. Crossover on Fire the Cannon podcast it's almost said that the, everybody gets a trophy everybody podcast. gets a trophy i think we've all gotten a trophy today <laughs> oh we got yeah, yours taken We're away all. from your water burger bullshit. no 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 i'm collecting all your trophies <laughs> screw that i get all you trophies every single person here gets to say good, a certain goodbye that's how we do it so ladies so, so well, say goodbye so say goodbye goodbye you go, Megan, Rocky, Hannah, in that order. It's the first time he's gotten it right. Hey, y'all. Well, we, we appreciate everybody. Take a listen to us on Fire the Cannon. Of course, subscribe to Everyone Gets a Trophy. Quick shout out to BK and Kevin Dunn for, for all the support for both of our podcasts. We truly appreciate y'all. Have a great night. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Sean, Mike, and Coach Mo for inviting us and letting me be uh, part of this podcast today. We had a blast. And goodbye. Sean, Coach Mo, and Mike, you guys are awesome. Thank you for, like, I didn't, I mean, you don't know me from Adam, really, but we were able to meet in this common ground, and it was fun, and we talked a lot about uh, Texas football, which always gets me excited, and... Um, I'll giggity, girl. <laughs> anyway yeah again echoing what megan said thank you bk and kd because y'all are awesome and believing in us and i'm glad that we can have these kind of interchanges it's a good thing about being under the umbrella absolutely anyway hook and horns it's okay to disagree we're all in this together for megan rocky hannah big mike and coach mo we out Wake your ass up. Bye. We good, player.